Welcome to the Child Care Council's Chit Chat Podcast, where we talk about all things early childhood education and child care. I'm Courtney Jones. I'm a parent of two kids and by no means an expert on child care, but I know people that are. I'll be sitting down every week with experts to learn more myself and share my conversations with you. Today, we're learning about some of the work that's being done in our region to support child care providers that serve infants and toddlers. Welcome to the podcast, Eukenia. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us about the work that you're doing. Yes, my name is Eukenia Thompson, and I am the Infant Toddler Mental Health Consultant Director for Child Care Solutions. I've been in this position for two years. This program did start two years ago, um, and right in the middle of the pandemic, so I, when I began my position, um, I, w- I was hired in February, actually, of 2020, and I didn't start until April. So when I started, it was a lot of webinars, a lot of training, a lot of time spent virtually, which a lot of us can relate to that, obviously. Um, but it, in my background, before I worked for here for Child Care Solutions, um, I have a master's in mental health counseling. So right before here, I was a counselor at a high school that was a temporary position. And, but most of my experience, you could say all of my experience, have been working with children from infants all the way through actually adults. I've worked as a preschool teacher, as an infant toddler teacher. I had a home-based daycare myself for four years. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. So most of my experience is there. And so I have a passion for helping people, working with people. I've worked with families as a case manager, family advocate. So all of my experience has been in this, either working with children's and families or both. Wow. And you really like went, went across all the age groups of children too. I mean, starting from, you know, with your, you had a home-based daycare. So working with, uh, you know, multiple ages of children and then working in the the school system and now focusing on infant and toddlers. So you're really, you're really scanning the whole spectrum of children here with your services, Dukinia. Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> I've even so, worked with adults. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're really going, going for the whole spectrum of, uh, of mental health, it seems like. Right. So can you dive in a little deeper on the, the Region 3 Infant Toddler Mental Health Project and kind of tell what, what it is and kind of the services that it provides? Yes. So the Infant Toddler Mental Health Project came about, as I said, during the pandemic two years ago, about two years ago. But, but it's been in the works well before that, before I even came on board. And I can't say exactly when they started talking about it but it's something that they've been trying to do. When I say they, the region, you know, uh, outside of Syracuse as well, um, upstate New York and even in New York City. So the state of New York. Um, when I came on again, it was, it was new. I'm the first in this particular position, which I enjoy because it, it provides a lot of autonomy and kind of um, allows me to be creative in what I do. Um, so what it is basically an overview of the infantile and mental health consulting program is we work with providers. So a lot of people may think, I think because of a lot of these programs that they used to, I know I was, I've also worked for early intervention. So where it's working with a specific child and individual, 
But this is unique because this is actually focuses on more working with the staff, the, so the director of the center or home base, the teachers, anybody who's in contact with children, anybody who can influence the children in their classroom. That's who we work with. And it's a partnership. So I tell people they're the experts of their classroom, they're the experts of their center, or you know, they've been doing it, some of them longer than I have, working with children. I tell them they're the experts, but we are there to provide suggestions. We come with a different lens, right? We're not there every day, so we may see something that they don't see. So it's about a 12-week program. A provider can be referred to. Really, they can refer themselves. They can call the agency. They can say, hi, I've heard of this program. Or at the beginning, we were doing outreach because it was new. So we were just making phone calls um, to providers, and so if a provider says, yes, I'm interested in the infantile mental health, I want the consultation, we would go in and we will do an initial visit where we sit down and we talk to the director. When I say provider, it could be a provider, you know, in home mm-hmm. where they run their own business and director, I'm, I'm talking about a center. Um, so I go in and I speak, let's say I'm, I'm working with a center, specific center. I go in and I meet with the director or in the assistant director as well. And I just explain what the program is. And they tell me sometimes, most of the time, they have a classroom in mind. So they say, and we work from with zero to 36 months. That is our age range. And so they say, yes, for example, toddler, toddler one class, my 18 to 36 month old, they are really having a hard time in that classroom with their transition time. It seems that, you know, the teachers are great, but, they need some suggestions because that's the time where the kids are kind of running around. And we see this a lot, right? I mean, they're toddlers. So especially that time after lunch into nap time, that could be a difficult time. So once they tell me this is what's going on, it's during transition time. This is when we're having the most difficult time. We will talk, we'll kind of dig deeper into that. And then my next visit would be in the classroom. So I would go into the classroom and in my role here, I'm a director, but as well as a consultant. So I have a dual role. The only difference is I carry a smaller case role, case load, excuse me, for my consultants. They have about four cases at a time where I have two. So I would go in, in, into the classroom where the consultant would go into the classroom and do what we call an informal observation. So we don't want to jump in with our paperwork and just sit and, you know, start observing and sit in the corner. But we go and we get to know the staff and the teachers and the children and introduce ourselves and just do an informal observation, maybe for an hour, you know, maybe sit on the floor with the children and go outside. And then we may do that once or twice, depending on the classroom. For me, I usually do the informal observation once. Second time I go in, I'm bringing the class assessment. And the class assessment, it's a tool that we use and we're looking at everything. We're looking at the interactions between the teachers and the children, the teachers and their and their assistant teachers, um, if, the, if it's positive relationships, we're looking at the language that's being used. Are they, are they providing educational um, books to the children? So we're looking at the education, the facilitation of learning, the quality of feedback. So is there some conversation going back and forth? We're just looking at the classroom as a whole. Keep it in mind that the initial reason why we went there for this particular classroom we're talking about could be transition, right? But we're looking at everything. We can, we can definitely see that, but there are other things we can pick up as well. So once we do use this observation tool and we break it up, 
So I would go maybe one day, maybe from nine to 12. The children are totally different from after they get up from nap, from two to four, right? Two to five. So we'll spend a couple of days, maybe two, sometimes three days, just, just using the tool and observing and writing down our assessments and, and we're usually, and we're quiet at this time. We're just, we're just looking. We're not, I mean, of course, you know, the kids will come up to us and they'll talk, but we're trying to focus at this point and trying to just get as much information as we can about this classroom just by looking and observing. Once we do that, once we do the observation, we will set up a time, of course, during nap time where the teachers have availability, whenever they have that av availability, we invite the director as well. If, if the director is available, we like to keep the director you know, involved. Sure. So everyone is on the same page. And like I said, it's a collaboration. So we want to make sure everyone is on the same page. So once we, we make this um, meeting and we sit down, we tell the teachers, the providers, the director, whoever we're meeting with, what we found. And we don't give them numbers. We don't, although when we're doing our assessment, we are scoring. It's a scoring system. But we are not providing them with the specific numbers. We're just telling them, and it's strength-based. So we're starting off by saying, these are your strengths. This is what we found you're doing great. And then I like to call it areas of opportunity, right? Just not, this is your weakness, I don't like to say, or this is what you're not doing well, but more so, this is some areas where I can provide some suggestions, whether I see something on transition and maybe some songs they can use during transition or... Sometimes they also call on them if the child is biting, as in a big example. Although we're not specifically working with that child, but working with toddlers, we know that if a child is biting, it could be disruptive to the whole classroom. So we can, whatever, the, whatever it is, we'll provide the resources, we'll provide suggestions, we'll give them ideas, we're even calling on other teams to go in and we can partnership with the professional development team, for example. I, we've done that in the past, where if a child is biting or in a specific behavior that the teachers, they've exhausted everything. We can bring in a professional development um, training coach and they can come in and provide a training on managing behaviors or if there's staff burnout. I mean, there's so many, it's a spectrum really. <laughs> and once we um, meet with them and we, we give them what we suggest and we, we tell them to implement the goals, we come up with, with about a goal or two, depending, we don't want to overwhelm the provider. We let them implement that goal. So if the goal is circle time, it's kind of chaotic during circle time. The kids aren't excited. They're not engaged. So I, I recently actually worked in a classroom where circle time, I mean, I feel like that's such a time where the kids can really have fun, right? And learn. Um, of course, depending on the age, there's only a certain time that they can sit for. So if I'm suggesting maybe circle time, but let's add dance and let's add movement. Let's use a story to go with your theme. So I let them implement that for two weeks about. We come back, the consultant comes back and observes again. So it kind of starts over. Did it work? What worked? What didn't work? And sometimes it's great and you see the change. And sometimes they say, you know what? I tried. This isn't really working. Let's tweak it. And then there could be another goal. So we try to, depending on the classroom again, two to three goals, and we'll, we'll then go to the next goal and we'll let them implement that. We'll come back. We'll do a class observation after about, after a few weeks of working with them, we'll observe again. And, and we say it's 12 weeks, 
But if there's apps and, and our goal at the end is to to help the staff, the teachers provide the provide the best quality care to the children. We do that by collaborating with them. You know, three months is a good, we think it's a good amount of time to go in there, provide the resources, provide the help, give them the suggestions and hoping that they will do it themselves. It's a unique program, it's voluntary and, and we're, we're really, we're there to help. We're not there and I think, and I know that some providers and maybe I would have felt that way myself as the provider, someone else from the outside, right? Coming into your classroom could be a little, a little intimidating, sitting and watching, and, but we're really there to help. Yeah, I think that it's it's interesting that you um, you had mentioned while you were talking about those those class observation those assessment tools that you use that you're really a second set of eyes because you're new to that room, and I think that's really important in any line of work that you do. Sometimes you you've seen it too many times so that you don't necessarily see the areas that you could have missed if you had that fresh set of eyes, yes. um, and I think that. Child care can sometimes be isolating. You're you're there by yourself, and sometimes that fresh look on things can make a huge difference in little tiny things that you might not have even thought of, even though you've been doing this for so long. It's that fresh set of eyes can really have a unique perspective. Absolutely, and as you said, it could be isolating. Um, you know, doing child care, depending if you don't have an assistant, or sometimes even if you do, right? Just that adult contact, sure. having someone else come in and and look and having a fresh set of eyes. And I think that's, that's obviously that's part of our job, a big part of our job to, to be that support and be those extra set of eyes. Right. And I think that too, you know, you had mentioned that you started really at the beginning of the pandemic, middle pandemic. So, um, especially now those relationships are really important, you know, with, with not only the children, but with the child care providers to make sure that they have those support systems in place to be able to help them and help provide the best care possible to children. Absolutely, because they missed out on that as well, where pre-pandemic, I think they were getting more of that in-person training, not from my team specifically, but the in-person training and the visits and, and that stopped. So they, I think they were missing that. I know you had mentioned that you provide services to both um, centers and in-home child care. Do the services look different for both? The difference is, yes, the short answer, yes. It does look <laughs> more so with the paperwork. We do not use the class assessment in the in-home child care. We use DECA where the providers, they complete that themselves on each child and we're also doing we're still we're still doing goals we're still you know providing goals which is that's our main focus of working with the providers any provider whether you're in home or director at a center and the staff we are going in to set some goals so we had talked really about kind of that full beginning to end kind of uh, I don't want to say package, but what the consultation really looks like of, you know, those voluntary, if you're, if you're signing up to do this, what it looks like. Do you, um, what other projects do you guys work on with your team outside of that kind of, I don't want to say one-on-one because it really is working with, you know, a teamwork 
But what else do you guys do outside of those, the observation and projects that you're working with directly with providers? Well, right now we have what's called the Let's Get Social series, which is for providers, whether in home childcare or center-based. Let's Get Social really is really like, yeah, let's get social because it's really a networking group. As I mentioned before, we don't train, right? We don't provide training hours in this, in, in the infantile or mental health consultant program. We don't provide that. But we wanted a way to, for, for providers to network with one another because they were, they were missing that mm-hmm. because of COVID. And of course, now we have that platform of Zoom. So we've been doing it via Zoom. But we also wanted to use this time to promote our, our services and what we have to offer to them. So it's kind of like it was a dual role. And the let's get social, as I said, is a play on words. So it has two meanings. The let's get social, like, yes, let's get together. Let's get social. But let's get social also is a time to talk about development, specifically social and emotional development. Ah. That is the direction that the infantile mental health consultant program goes into. We're more focused on the social emotional piece. Not that we're so much more focused, but that's a big part of it, right? And that's why we have, all of us have a mental health background or social work background. And that's required to get on, you know, to be hired on this team. Um, and that's across the region, not just here at Child Care Solutions. And, and it's not just us talking as the consultants. So it's myself and it's the consultants, um, it's, or it's probably going to be one of us, you know, facilitating. And it's not just us giving all the, this information, but it's more like, let's talk amongst one another. Let's talk about your experience and your experience with behaviors. We've talked about behaviors, managing behaviors. We've spoke about um, inclusiveness with children in different diversity and understanding different culture, implementing culture to the curriculum. And so what we did before we even began this group is send out a survey to providers asking them who would be interested in something like this and what are some of the topics that you would be interested in. And so these, the, the topics that I just mentioned actually came from the providers themselves. Awesome. That's great. Um, we actually, uh, a bunch of my coworkers here, we all have children that are the same age and that, that young children, we call it our toddler support group. And it's sometimes you just need to talk something out with people who have children that are the same age as you from a parent side of things. So, um, that same logic I feel must of course apply to childcare providers because sometimes you just need to bounce these ideas off of other people and say, Hey, listen, what would you, what do you guys do in these kind of scenarios? Because I've tried this and this, does anybody else have any suggestions or those kind of those, uh, you know, think tank experiments essentially of just trying to work something out with a collective mind and especially you know, a lot of times I'm having conversations with family child care providers with what I do here at our office. And I know that particularly can be very isolating because it's just you, you know, it's, it's just you and you're trying to figure these problems out yourself or not problems, but you're trying to figure Absolutely. out what to do with your children um, in your care by yourself. So uh, I can imagine that these networking sessions through the Let's Get Social and specifically looking at these infant toddler mental health um, with a lens at that is so incredibly helpful to providers to be able to help them find solutions to things that 
um, that they're dealing with on a daily basis. And that's exactly what we have the group for. We have that in mind um, just for them to bounce things off of each other. And we just, we're on there as facilitators, but we're really on there listening to them. We can learn from the providers and we we're you know, they can learn from one another. Sure. And on top of that too, this is something you mentioned too, but you're, you're a support person, but you also have those connections, right? So you're there too, to be able to say, well, we can't do this. I can't do this for you, but I know who can, and you can connect them to those resources because you know where those resources are to be able to help them. Yes. And as I mentioned before, when we go into these homes or into the centers, there are things that we can't do. Sure. And so we bring, we bring the professional development team to come in or we bring another team and it can happen vice versa. They can be professional team or CCQI. We have CCQI team where they go and they, they provide curriculum CCQI team here. Their job is to go into the classrooms and it looks different from ours. They, they, yes, they are working with staff. They are working with the classroom, but they are going specifically to help the teachers implement a curriculum into their classroom. Sure. But they can see a classroom and say, oh, this classroom. Matter of fact, we just had a meeting with them a few, couple of weeks ago, how we can work with one another better where we can continue to serve these providers. So we're definitely here to help one another in that aspect, ultimately to help the, the staff who provide and serve the children. And I think now more than ever, too, that's it's such a needed service to be able to support these child care businesses with whatever they need and to be able to work with a team with our resources um, across the region to be able to make sure that these businesses have everything that they need to be able to provide the best care to children and to stay in business to keep helping families. Absolutely. It's a great service. We're always looking to help providers. And if anyone listening to this has any additional questions, they can email me directly. Yes, definitely. What I'll do is I'll include your information and all the resources that you've given me so that they'll be in the show notes so anybody that's listening can just check the show notes and they'll be able to get in contact with you. Dukinia, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you again so much for being on the show with us. And I look forward to talking again. Thank you, Courtney. You too. Take care. Bye.